2: pod save the king hello and welcome to pod save the king we've got a really busy episode lined up for you today with the latest from the crown uh, an outing for prince charles and the latest of course from the i'm a celebrity jungle i'm your host zoe forsey and i'm joined as always by our royal editor russell myers hi russell how are you
3: I'm um, very well very well nice to see you we were supposed to be reunited in the office yesterday but the gods Ay-ay. were against us we were going to have a live but we are we are together in spirit
2: yes so this is just a bit of an apology to anyone listening if our sound isn't quite up to scratch we've had to go kind of pandemic throwback style <laughs> because of London is on strike and there are absolutely no trains anywhere so neither of us have been able to get into the studio but fingers crossed it's not too bad now we've got an awful lot to get through today and uh, there's actually been a lot in the kind of 24 hours since I originally wrote the script but we're going to start off with some breaking news that we actually had uh from an engagement that Charles was at King Charles was at uh in his... yes
3: yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, is, yesterday. yeah I mean, oh. th- this. I mean, this is pretty bad. Um, I'm sure everybody would have seen this now. But uh, the king and the queen consort are narrowly avoiding being struck by four eggs hurled by a protester yelling, "This country was built on the blood." of slaves so you know pretty big drama in york they're in um the fine city of york to unveil a a new statue at york minster of the queen that was commissioned as part of her jubilee year um and then you know there was a a little walkabout happening they were there for a few minutes it was big big crowds and York, beautiful day beautiful place and then some, you know, something happened. There was a bit of a disturbance in the crowd. And then suddenly you you see some eggs sort of being lobbed in the direction of Charles and Camilla. Fair play to Charles. I mean, he didn't even flinch an inch um, when they were sort of whizzing past him. I mean, the, the guy was such an awful aim that he, he, he didn't really... I suppose he did get a little bit. He got quite close to Charles. I mean, it would have been pretty disastrous because you think we've said before that i think there is uh this uh, sort of groundswell of um uh goodwill towards uh charles and camilla i think people want them to do well they want them to, to you know to, to to hit the ground running and they've i think they've done all right so far haven't they i think maybe we would have hoped for a few more visits but uh, as i understand it there are is an awful lot in the pipeline you know there's as someone said to me last week you know there isn't <laughs> there isn't a manual for when the queen dies so it's they're, they're kind of just sorting it out as they go along so i think next year will be a good year but back to york um the man starts chucking eggs shouting in his mouth off bundled to the floor by plainclothes cops um and yeah i think that it is a bit of a security scare um i've seen some criticism from. Uh, a couple of former police protection officers um, saying that the, that, that the reaction wasn't as quick as one would have hoped. Could that have been worse? I mean, on one hand, it's a man throwing eggs. What's the worst that can happen? There would have been egg all over Charles's face, to coin a phrase. Perhaps his nice suit would have got ruined. It could have hit Camilla. That would have been worse, one would argue. Um and it would have it would have really soured the day because it, they would have been sort of scuttled off in a car and it, the pictures would have been all over the place. So in terms of damage limitation, um, they've got off lightly. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a very very nice um, nice incident to be involved in. That's no, it must not be nice.
2: horrible. Yeah, it's a real kind of it's one of those things that just it feels extremely personal. You know, like I don't know why, but it's, yeah. it's just a horrible thing, and it just feels very much like a it is a very personal attack and yeah it just wasn't nice but as you said I thought that Charles handled it brilliantly I've seen I've watched those clips so many times now and there's mm. one where you see the egg kind of he sees the egg go in front of him and we actually got a lip reader to kind of work out what he said and his first words were, let's carry you know let's carry on and he carries on speaking you know can't even imagine what must be going through his head at that moment because we knew it was an egg but all he saw was something flying in front of it absolutely him. So guess- yeah he could have at that point thought it was a rock or something much worse and kind of carries on who he's speaking to. And then he just turns to his security guard goes, everything, everything. All right. And the security guard goes, let's yep. Yep. He's being taken care of. And then they just carry on. And I think that level of professionalism was really incredible to see.
3: Yeah. I think you're totally right. You're, talk, you're talking about a personal attack and what i uh, noticed as well, there was a couple of other people in the crowds with placards saying, not my King. And you know, as I said just a moment ago, there is a groundswell of popularity for them, goodwill, but not obviously not everyone feels like that. And I think the Queen's passing has obviously uh, meant that we've entered a new era, but it, we, we will have to have a new conversation, I think, at certain times. I'm sure the royal family are definitely having those conversations because uh, Charles has always spoken of slim down monarchy, less working royals, um, very conscious of the cost-of-living crisis, uh, and what does a hereditary monarchy mean in a modern world? Well, that that there is the sort of proof in the pudding that some people are a bit ambivalent towards it, and I, I do actually think we will see more of these kind of protests. You you wouldn't have seen that with the Queen. It's very very rare that you'd get a dissenting voice when William and Kate. I've certainly never. Been in the UK when they've had any um, any issues. I mean, of course, they were, when we we're in the Caribbean, but that's a different different ball game altogether. But. Will, will we see more people coming out to protest at the fact of what does the monarchy mean in the modern world perhaps we will but um you know fair play to to charles i mean I w- we won't give the protest to the, the the oxygen of publicity but i thought it was quite interesting that um you know some of our fine journalists uh were, were found out quite a lot about him yesterday that's this, this this 23-year-old man who goes to university in York. He's a climate change protester. Uh, He's been arrested um, multiple times. He'd uh, written on Twitter a series of rants against the royal family, a couple of posts about the fact that it's only sad that the Queen wouldn't stand trial for her crimes against humanity uh, when she passed away, abolished the monarchy, and so on. I mean, it, it's quite bizarre that this man is a climate change protester or campaigner, shall we say, and yet he's attacking Charles, who is a lifelong environmentalist and one of the world's most form, foremost thinkers in in that sphere. So, yes, um, a, a, an unfortunate event, but it didn't dampen the spirits. Lots of people turned up. To them, I think the the reaction of the crowd was pretty much saying, you know, clear off to this to this guy and uh, and the and the statue, which. Which is not a bad statue, to be honest. I thought it could have looked like the Ronaldo one, which would have been yeah. horrendous.
2: it was really, it was, for me, it was really strange seeing, you know, because like, you see all these statues of Queen Victoria and things like that, but that's obviously someone that I've never seen photos of yeah. or aren't familiar with. But seeing her in that kind, you know, seeing the Queen in that kind of... Oh, what's the word? It's like a like regal state, in, isn't it? It's bizarrely state. to say it was that. Really it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah I it's, it was it's great. certainly
3: one of those. Um, I, 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 you're totally right. I did think of Queen Victoria when you say it, especially the the one in um, in Hyde Park. And yeah. then you look at you, know, you think, "Gosh, well, these are sort of these statues will now be." could part of our history now, weren't they? And they yeah. and, and certainly are the next generation will look upon it as a of that that was Queen Elizabeth II. And of course we have enjoyed you know seeing her in the flesh and being her being part of our our tapestry of our history and our life. And um and again it comes back to very, very bizarre times. I still can't when you were just about when you were saying sort of Pog Save the King at the start, I was still <laughs> in my head, still in my head. I still can't get used to it. But um but there we are. I suppose I'll have to. Uh,
2: also, just quickly before we move on, one thing that I thought was really lovely was I saw in some of the videos, the crowds after the kind of egg incident had happened. There were loads of crowds who started. Che- they did three cheers, didn't they, for the king? And I think a few people started singing the national anthem. Like It was really nice to see that support there for everyone else, which hopefully made, as we said, must have been a really horrible Thing for King Charles, which hopefully gave him a bit of a, you know, an understanding and a reminder that all those people there were there to support him, even if this one person was trying to ruin it. Now, we're not going to talk about The Crown properly on this week's show because we haven't, you know, we're going to do a bigger look at it next week once we've all had a chance to watch it. I've watched two episodes so far. How far are you in?
3: I've you- watched a lot.
2: Oh, all right, show off
3: <laughs> well I mean it, that tells you a lot of that uh, I don't have a very exciting social life perhaps but i've i've but i got um i would watched it on preview so i'd i'd managed to n- nail a lot of it um i mean i've i it's quite interesting seeing the reviews because it's it's really really split I mean some people are loving it some people are saying it's abomination obviously there's the big issues about um the fact or fiction, the disclaimer that we've said, I mean, gosh, Netflix must be absolutely loving it because it's had so much press over the last few weeks. But I mean, the, are we talking about it or are we not? We're going to have a quick, quick run through.
2: No, let's we'll have a quick, let's have it, on I'll, on tell what, <laughs> I'll tell
3: you what I'll say. I'll tell you I'll say is Elizabeth Debecky is masterful in her portrayal of Princess Diana. Um, I, struggle, yeah. I struggle with a little bit with Dominic West because he kind of is Dominic West and he's a fantastic actor. I mean, I, I liked it. Was it Josh O'Connor? Is it, it's Josh O'Connor, isn't it? It's, uh, I thought he was fantastic. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's Josh O'Connor. I thought he was fantastic in his portrayal in the in previous series. Um, Dominic West doesn't really hit it for me. Um, what else did I like about it? I mean, it's. I can understand why people are upset, and of course the royals will be some of those people because you know Prince Charles has not come off well. I think I think he comes across as quite stern at times, um, quite mean spirited. Obviously the, the the tawdry business of the affairs comes out. You've got the Bashir um, stuff in that, which is a big big issue for the for the royal family. You've seen Prince William. Stand on that platform and say, I mean, outside um, outside Kensington Palace, saying about how it should never be shown again, and of course now we're seeing a dramatization of it, raking over old coals, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's catch up next week because I, I I think I think you know it, it's one of my favorite series. I think I think it is.
2: I I completely agree with what you're saying from the cast. As I said, I'm only a couple in. Because uh, I'm obviously not as important as you when it comes to getting that link. I tried to get a preview so I could be ready for today and didn't have any of it. But um I thought I think this is probably my favorite casting since of you know, I think the queen is fantastic, I think Diana is fantastic, apart from possibly Claire Foy, because I still think she was amazing as the kind of the Absolutely. early days yeah. queen. I thought I think this is fantastic from what I've seen so far. Anyway, now. But we will come back to this last week. We will come
3: back to it. We will come back to it.
2: So, carrying on the kind of TV-themed, we managed to not scare Mark Jeffries off too much, our showbiz editor, and he's agreed to do another drop-in with us uh, on Mike Tyndall in the jungle. But just really quickly, I'm quite interested to get your opinion. One of the things we saw this time is we saw Mike Tyndall swear. How do you reckon that's going to go down? <laughs>
3: I haven't watched the second of "I'm a Celeb." I've just seen him rapping, which I thought was pretty, pretty embarrassing. To be honest, I won't lie.
2: Well, he used okay. So he used a word that Dan's told me I'm not allowed to use on the podcast. He used the uh, "BS" but in its longer form. Right, right, right. Do you have right, right. think about that? Will that be frowned upon, or do you think that'll be okay?
3: A, he's a rugby man. I mean, gosh, I've, <laughs> I'm sure the Royals have said worse. <laughs> I mean, uh, Prince Philip around the dinner table probably. Uh, you get some blue blue language. Um, <laughs> you know yeah. when he was around, but Very um, true. no, I haven't I haven't seen much. Of it. I think it's a good idea for Mike to go in. I mean, has he? Has he been speaking about the his relationship with the family?
2: Not yet. So far, we've just had him talk about his relationship with Zara and how they first met. And on that note, I will pass you straight over to Mark for his insight into what it's been like. Hello,
1: Mark. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing?
0: Very good. Thanks, love yeah, Lovely to be here.
1: How has the first week been? First case, you don't look very sunburnt. Well done. Good, good sun creaming.
0: <laughs> I've been working very hard. Yeah. No, it's been a good week. Um, very exciting. Uh, I think I think the lineup was pretty good already. And then obviously, we've since then we've had two more arrivals as well, which um, has been sort of the talk of the time. But yeah, um, specifically on Mike as well. I think I think he's had a good start um, and been everything I sort of hoped he would be in there. So yeah, it's been really good.
1: Definitely. And he had a great reaction when Matt, when, when Matt Hancock walked in. So we'll come back to that later, but let's kind of go back to the beginning. So we've seen him do his first trial. This was when Mike entered the camp. So the, what we saw him doing was diving kind of under a boat and he had to find codes to unlock locks but the boat was obviously filled with quite a lot of um oh god what was it there was a big spider on his head at one point and lots of other creepy crawlies
0: yeah that's right it was called the chrisa cruise challenge he was doing that with uh sue and owen and they all did quite well but mike in particular yeah he seemed very very calm through or he seemed to almost be enjoying it um and yeah he, he definitely felt that spider on his head and was quite nonchalant about it i think and and, and very relaxed and, and uh yeah just just it was a really good start by a really good start by all three of them and yeah he, he, he's taken to it like a duck to water he seems very relaxed he seems he seems to enjoy these sorts of challenges i think and and yes other people would have would have been screaming definitely but he, he just sort of uh, took it in his stride
1: Wasn't phased phased at all, was he? It was great to see. But one of the things that I found interesting this week is one of the other challenges he was exempt from for medical reasons. But we don't know why this is, do we? We don't get told.
0: No, we never get told. Sometimes it's very frustrating, particularly if people are wanting to vote someone to do a lot of trials and you sometimes find they're exempt from a few. Yeah, it can be to do with, I guess, vertigo or I noticed one the other day, I think was a was a water challenge and someone was was exempt. And I thought, I imagine they're perhaps not a very strong swimmer. And obviously then it would be particularly dangerous. So there can be various reasons and I think various sort of doctor's notes, if you like, for for getting out of them. So we never find out the full details. But yeah, hopefully won't be exempt from too many.
1: Now he's had his first kind of made his first mention of the Royal family. He shared details of his first date with Zara, didn't he? Uh, and talked about how they both like a drink.
0: Yeah, it was, um, it sounded like quite a lot of uh, normal sort of online dating and things like that. If it goes well, I I thought, um, yeah, it was, it was very Downsworth worth and he talked about them sort of arranging to meet up and then, and then going out and, and basically getting drunk together. Um, and it sounded like it, it, it went really well. it, it, it it came about in um in Australia as well. It was in Sydney, I think. Um, and he he only it was all quite coincidental. That was what I sort of liked about it. He only ended up meeting her in the first place because he'd been dropped from the team, and he sort of went out to drain his sorrows a little bit, and then I think met her through friends, and and then they went on this sort of boozy date uh, a little bit later on. So it's all it was all sort of written in the stars, I suppose. Because had he been playing rugby, I, I don't suppose he'd have ever met her, or, or certainly wouldn't have met her at that point, and. And they would be together now. So it it was was a good story. Yeah, especially I I wasn't aware of any of it before. And I suppose a lot of viewers uh, wouldn't have known about it. So, yeah, it was a nice story.
1: Now, bless Owen, who is a Hollyoaks actor. So Hollyoaks is a a big UK soap over here who had, oh, bless him. He got a bit confused about the royal family, didn't he? And thought that Zara was Australian at one point. What happened with that conversation?
0: Yeah, poor poor Owen. I mean, he's coming across what quite well, but he is um, he is quite easily confused on on a great number of things. Um, he's been he's sort of been tricked by some of the others into who they are and what they're famous for. And in this case, yeah, he, he asked if Zara was Australian and sort of had to be put right. I don't think he really realised who sort of Mike's other half is. Um, so that caused some caused some amusement. And I think even some of the other. Um, other contestants found it amusing. Babatunde was in the conversation as well. I think he had a bit of a smile about it as well. Um, Mike didn't seem, you know, too bothered. He, he, I guess, the wrong person if that was sort of said said to. He might say, "Do you not know who she is?" kind of thing. But that's not really his style, I don't think. And and yeah, he took it in his stride. But yeah, bless Owen. It, it's not the first mistake, and I don't think it will be the sort of last slip up he's going to make in there.
1: I think he's going to do quite well. He would be who my money is on if I was to put a bet on it. Um, but I do think it's interesting. And to Owen's defence, Mike has very much sold himself on this as a former England rugby star, hasn't he? He's not gone in. You know, like when they say, oh, what are you famous for? He's very much gone on the rugby line rather than I'm part of the royal family.
0: Yeah, that's right. In the In the VT on the first show, they all sort of say, you know, I'm famous for being a Coronation Street star, or I'm famous for being a radio DJ. And Mike certainly didn't mention Zara, I don't think, by name at all. It was very, very much probably most famous for winning the World Cup with England at rugby type thing. That's very much sort of his standpoint. And also, even when we, when we spoke to him, it's only really when we asked the questions about Zara that, that he brings her up. He's very much happy to talk about sort of rugby and sort of on his own terms, I suppose, and not not, not name drop unless he's, a, he's asked, I suppose.
1: And do you think it's interesting, because while obviously the Royal Lynx has probably added a few zeros to his paycheck for this, you know, there is a chance he'd be in there anyway. You know, he's a huge name in rugby, isn't he?
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you look, it's not quite the same, but obviously Jill Scott's in there as a, as a footballer who's just won the Euros. So she's in demand and she's quite recent and current. But like you say, he, he still is a Rugby World Cup winner. And, and I think... You know, you, another another person from that team could probably just about be, be in the lineup as well. Obviously, as you say, given the royal connection, it does raise it a few notches, and we're all sort of hoping we're going to get some fun anecdotes. We've, obviously, we've got the we've got the tale about the date with Zara, but I guess we're hoping maybe, you know, Wills and Harry and those sorts of people are going to met, get mentioned in some of the other conversations. <sighs>
1: Now, the other kind of interesting thing from the last few days was actually in last night's episode. So that is Wednesday night's show. And we, we got to see a royal swear, didn't we? Which didn't doesn't normally happen. Um, this was when the reactions when Matt Hancock, so he is a Tory MP who was our health secretary during the COVID pandemic. And many of his question, many of his decisions have been, to put it kind of lightly, have been uh, Picked apart and criticized, should we say, in the month since, and he's a very interesting addition to the jungle. And the fact he's gone going in there when he's still being paid an MP salary has, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows in the last couple of weeks. All the celebs' reactions when he walked in were incredible. Uh, the guy he went in with, a comedian called uh Sean Walsh, just laughed hysterically for about five minutes, which was brilliant. But Mike Tyndall's reaction was very sweary and considering we're not used to seeing royals swear we're not used to seeing them talk about politics it was quite good now I've spoken to Dan who said uh, we're not allowed to say the word that he said so we're just going to go with bs instead aren't we so what what did he say
0: yeah that's very diplomatically put yeah thank was, you <laughs> before he um even before he spoke there was a great image of him Sort of almost like a cross teacher or a bemused teacher, I suppose. He had his arms crossed, and uh, I've seen some photos around, and he just looked like, you know, if if the if the picture could talk, he was sort of saying, "What the hell is he doing in here?" You know, he, he was clearly um, clearly quite sort of wound, a little bit wound up almost. And then then he was in a conversation. I think it was with Sue Cleaver, and what he was saying really was, "When when um, Matt Hancock was asked why he was going in there, and he, he came up with an answer." it was a sort of classic politician's answer and it didn't really answer the question he was talking about trying to be more human and then what happened was mike said yeah all i heard was bs 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 and on the last time he said it sue sort of joined in and said the swear word as well so they were kind of in agreement i think sue's uh, a labour supporter so from the other sort of political side to matt hancock so he had sort of he had backing of the others. He was very much in a, in a sort of they were very much in agreement as to being sort of bemused by this new person coming in. But it was, yeah, it was very I was quite surprised and I did wonder how that would go down sort of back home, what you know, maybe what Zara would think, what what the, what others would think back home, because cause it was quite unusual. He he I must say he did um he did swear, I think, once or twice when we spoke to him a couple of days before he went into into in a more sort of fun way as well but it does say it just to me it sounds very funny or very odd um someone someone who's in the royal family uh, swearing it just just doesn't sort of seem to fit or compute quite right in my head
1: and well speaking of things that looked a bit weird and just didn't quite work in my brain he's been showing off his wrapping skills as well hasn't he <laughs>
0: Yeah, this was. This seems to have been a real sort of marmite uh, scene, really, for people. I think it maybe might might skew on what age you are and that sort of thing as well, because it was um it was sort of nineties rap he was doing, or eighties or in one case. I think even it was Vanilla Ice, uh, Ice Ice Baby, and then he also did uh, Boom Shake the Room, which is Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Um, again, Owen, who we mentioned earlier on, I don't think he's ever heard these songs, or he certainly wasn't. They weren't sort of favourites of his, whereas. By contrast, you had the newsreader, Charlene White in there, and she was sort of sat next to Mike when he was rapping and, and sort of geeing him up and encouraged him to do a second rap. Um, and she absolutely loved it. And some of the others were joining in and dancing around. Um, and whereas I think some people at home thought it was a bit cringe, I saw it was it was quite one that sort of divided people really, but it was quite nice to see him, I suppose, be be lighthearted and, and do that sort of thing. Again, another thing I wouldn't really have expected to see and Mike Tinder doing there, if you said he was gonna sort of smash up some logs from the fire or I don't know, <laughs> some sports game, I'd have been like, Yeah, that makes sense. But rapping was not something I had on the list,
1: no, especially that early on. Because you know, they always say, Oh, you forget the cameras are there. That's the kind of thing that you normally see kind of two weeks in. Normally, the first few days, they're a bit more thinking about what they say and what they did. But for me, I really cringed at the start. But once he got going, he was, I didn't think he was that bad and when everyone else got involved and i was very impressed by the amount of words he knew
0: what was also funny was he sort of started he, uh, at first it was one of those one of those people where he said oh no i can't possibly do this and he he got encouraged to do it a little bit and then before you know it, he's doing a second time, you know, <laughs> so it's quite funny i think again he looks like one of those people who's maybe a little bit shy and he takes a little bit of time to get going with a bit of encouragement or maybe when he's feeling relaxed in his surroundings um he's going to open up certainly again when we spoke to him he he was very quiet initially and one and two word answers and then perhaps you know within 10 minutes and he sort of warmed up to us he he was speaking much more fluently and seemed to enjoy having a conversation and I that's I guess we're seeing a sort of longer version of that in camp um after a few days he does seem to be relaxing into and who knows what we're going to see next
1: fantastic well thank you so much for the giving us a little weekly update I hope you have a very good week and we'll catch up with you next week Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
2: Now, we obviously know that the Royals probably might not be watching The Crown, but I reckon it's probably quite a good bet to say that at least the Waleses are probably watching I'm a Celebrity. I can imagine George and Charlotte kind of jumping around at Uncle Mike doing silly things on the telly. But, the you know, Prince William, Kate, very busy week this week. Prince William did a really interesting chat with some of the England stars. He sat down with Harry Kane and Declan Rice to talk about mental health. I thought this was really good as well. And obviously ahead of the World Cup, which is coming up uh, in a few weeks time. What did you think of this chat?
3: Well, I liked it. I mean, the the World Cup has been sort of wrought with controversy, hasn't it? Because it's in Qatar, the, the issue of the migrant workers, look at the figures it's extraordinary thousands and thousands of them have died whilst building these stadiums qatar very very rich oil nation you one wouldn't have assumed they are uh you know have a rich football history but there you go um allegations of uh of of bribery money laundering and the rest of it but we are where we are and uh a uh, bit, of, bit of controversy again about whether William was going to go to Qatar. We were told that he wasn't going to go. Then we were told that if England get to the final, he will go as part of uh, a delegation. I think that's a pretty, pretty long, big, long shot. I can't imagine we will get to the final, but perhaps we should have hope. And I thought what was good about this podcast, it was talking about the, the, sort of the difficulty of of owning up to to mental health, to speak about it, breaking down barriers. I mean, this is obviously stuff we've heard him speak uh, of many many times before. But like you said, England captain Harry Kane, uh, Declan Rice is as a West Ham captain. That's my team. Where are you where are you, you're, what you? What do what team Watford. would you support? You're Watford, Watford girl, aren't you? Yeah, the Hornets. Oh, yeah. The Hornets. The Hornets. Um, so yeah, so Declan Rice. Um, I thought we spoke very eloquently in talking about how they. Um, how football? This was William was saying about how football, playing football on the pitch, you, you know, bon- bonded relationships. Got he got him used to dealing with disappointment. I mean, being an England fan as well, you definitely deal with disappointment. And being an <laughs> Aston Villa fan because they haven't had a uh, a stellar few years. But uh, but this was part of uh, a podcast called Game of Fives. It's to do with the Copper Ninety, which I hadn't heard of before. But they've done a tie in with the with the Royal Foundation. Um, and and again, it's it's when you when you're I like these personal stories of William because you know, whether he's speaking about his mum or he's growing up, and you get there's little insights into him as a, just a normal bloke, really, about playing football with his mates. He talked about putting an England shirt on, or going down the pub, watching the World Cup. Being really interested in it when Wayne Rooney came on the scene and Rio Ferdinand, two major, major uh, legends of the game, really, and uh, and and talking about how how he felt sort of those special moments with the nation when we were doing badly and you got you had to get used to disappointment and stuff. So it's it's kicked off again. What did we say last week? We said Prince and Princess of Wales would be sticking to the old faithfuls. I mean, we've had uh, William doing some mental health chat. We had Kate at a hospital or a centre this week, um, you know, hugging some babies, talking to kids. As like she is so good at, they haven't really diverted from the the safe lane yet, have they? So, will we see? I mean, we've got a shot coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, will we see? Will we see something in the new year? I mean, it's all it's all pretty quiet, and I think the reason for that is because, like I said earlier everybody's trying to find their feet. So it was kind of like, well, let's just get to the end of the year. Of course, there's a, a shot coming up. We know that the King and Queen Consort are not doing any royal tours. They'd cancelled the India, Bangladesh, Pakistan one. They cancelled a uh, trip to France, which was which was supposed to be happening. So next year is probably going to shape up to be a very busy year because they've got to hit the ground running, as it were.
2: You mentioned Kate's trip uh, to the centre, which was really lovely. So that visit was to talk about the mental health support that new mums are getting. And there was a really cute moment from this, which I absolutely loved. There was a gorgeous little boy there who saw her poppy she was having a chat with. And he asked her what her name was. And she said she was called Catherine. And then he kind of saw his poppy her poppy and kind of pointed at it and he she ended up saying do you want my poppy and he went yes I do and she took it out didn't she took it out handed it over to him and said you know we wear these to remember the people who died in the war. Um, and that was just really, you know, those moments that I love to see from her of just, you see her go into real kind of mum mode where she's so brilliant with the kids. And then she went over and kind of, you could see her, she had the pin in her hand and clearly went, yeah, let's probably not give this to a child and handed it over to, you know, she kind of said, where's mummy? And handed it over to the mum, which was really lovely. Um, it was and- very,
3: very sweet. And that little boy, I mean, three year old? Kid called Akeem. I mean, he's just adorable, and I, yeah. um, I mean, it, it kind of made the engagement was uh, at the column Manor Children's Centre in Hillingdon in North London, and talking to, to to mums, mums and parents who've just recently had children, talk about mental health in sort of the perinatal sphere, and um, talking about postnatal depression, addiction, uh you know, things that, that that you know new parents have to deal with, and um, that that. That moment really made the job, really, because I think it just showed you that sort of tender side of, you know, Kate, well, we obviously know that she's very, very good at mum of three herself, but um, the kid just stole the show, doesn't he?
2: And it's these, it is these little moments, and this is where I think that Kate is so good, because I think she's very aware that you need these little things to make a, make a visit a bit different. You need what we call it in kind of in you know in journalism is what your top line is and just kind of kate goes to an event like this is fine and we'll do it but as soon as that happens that's how you kind of edge those you know further forward in the paper don't you it's those it's those cute little moments that really win over the media and get those you know make get those headlines which raises the awareness for the charity and is that skill switch which I think is lovely um and she's busy week she went to the we mentioned it briefly last week but she went to the rugby league world cup quarter final in Wigan I was hoping to see one of the kids there I was a bit disappointed not to see George
3: I know you were I know you were <laughs> maybe it was a bit too long I mean it was up in Wigan in the northwest. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, George is more of a football fan, isn't it? I mean, have we heard him playing rugby? I don't think we've... I think we've heard Charlotte was playing touch rugby, wasn't she? We heard a bit of Charlotte, but we haven't heard about um, George's rugby prowess. Um, well, but of course, Louis,
2: <clears throat> Louis's the rugby star, because Kate said before that she's always a bit terrified, because, as you can imagine, by <laughs> juvenile, the he place. just tears in, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was a really lovely... I think the weather was also awful, too. And I suppose her first... Yeah, her first Role at kind of a rugby league event, so maybe she wanted to kind of make sure she was properly doing rather than you know being on watching mum watch, yeah, exactly, which is really nice. And my but my favorite bit of news, I think, from this week was that Kate's Christmas Carol concert is going to be back again.
3: Well, and how do you top the piano playing from last year? I mean, that was pretty spectacular. I don't know about that, but maybe she will play again. I mean, that was pretty spectacular when, um. Who's that man who sang this, this song? For those, I can't remember his name, but it was... Oh, I uh, can't
2: remember his name. This,
3: that's wow. terrible. Anyway, uh, th- th- that, that sort of stole the show about her playing. It went completely viral. And we are going to be back at um, at the Christmas Carol concert with, with, for Westminster Abbey. So, um, yeah, something to look forward to. I mean, of course, we've got... Uh, we've got more royal um, duties over the weekend because we've got remembrance sunday obviously there's a lot of um engagements over the the course of the next few days we've had that's
2: at the end of my list stop ruining my plan oh sorry sorry
3: (laughs) sorry i'm ruining it all
2: (laughs) come on don't my well documented plan. (laughs) oh
3: i've just not i've just seen the second page of the list that's why i was moving on i'm sorry i'm sorry
2: (laughs) oh you are forgiven you are forgiven now let's kind of quickly before we move on to that uh, so king charles Uh, in Yorkshire let's talk about the nice bits of that two-day visit and not focus on the egg incident he went to Morrison's which I think was really fun and that came on a really tough day for supermarkets because it came on the day that a report came out saying that all our food bills are going to be soaring by terrifying amounts amid the cost of living crisis but royals in supermarkets is one of the weird things that I find hilarious I don't know why but just seeing him at the meat counter (laughs) (laughs) I love the pictures from things like this
3: um, I remember when um, the Queen went to see, went, went to visit a Sainsbury's. Morrison's, by the way, is a supermarket for those of our, our international cousins. And when uh, the Queen went to a supermarket and they showed her one of the self-scanner um, checkouts and her face is absolute picture. If you've ever seen those pictures, well, or there's video of it, it's absolutely tremendous.
2: Oh so good.
3: But what we did find out about... Um, Charles is that he knows how to cook the perfect roast potato which is uh which was quite interesting because you couldn't well we'd probably imagine he's not uh he's not doing too much cooking himself but he was talking about having a having the crispy roasted fluffy on the inside being the backbone of any dinner making sure that you cook it in the fat uh that you cooked the meat in which I thought was quite uh, quite interesting
2: yeah i I, you know, my team at the Daily Mirror do lots of hacks and things, and yesterday was just one of those weird crossovers of the two parts of my jobs so that I never quite expected to come together—a cooking hack and King Charles. But yeah, there we go. Is that how you cook? Do you cook your roasties? I, I am know. a
3: terrible, I am a terrible cook, so I <laughs> try and stay out of the uh, of the kitchen. I'm a good chopper. I'm a sous chef.
2: You are a sous chef. Yep. No, I normally do kind of yeah you know a, a goose fat or duck fat is kind of my limit of it but i will definitely be trying that it's definitely a good one in terms of christmas um megan's podcast dropped this week uh just one kind of thing that i wanted to mention from that that i found interesting so it was on another word that i'm not going to be this is turning into a very potentially rude sweary podcast we've well, said
3: the b we've said two b, b words, words. yeah b the, words. the shorter
2: b word that sometimes you know that is also rhymes with bigger. itch or a female dog. Let's go with that. Well, very um, good, very good. So she basically used, was t- talking about how women are also described as difficult and how that is another word to basically call someone a B word. Um, but this, to me, just reminded me of the nickname she was a prom- apparently given by staff at the time of all those, pay- you know, all the stories about her being labelled Duchess difficult. Do mm. you think, Do you think that was kind of a bit of a dig at that or a bit too much of a jump?
3: No, I did. I think that everything that Megan says is, you know, a dig at the Royal Family Podcast to to keep punting out. But I'm a bit exhausted by it, I must admit. I mean, I'm a bit exhausted. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the concept of archetypes and the podcast, I was really behind, like, talking to really strong women and uh, talking to them about... Yeah, the, the issues that they face, and you talk to the these sort of women who've fought, battled against the odds and had to strive for greatness um, in a society that has you know, certain obstacles thrown at them. And, and yes, Meghan has had that. She has described quite eloquently in the past about how she's had to sort of fight at every stage of her career, whether it was her acting career or coming into the royal family. But again, it's just a bit, you know, sniping, isn't it? I mean... How, how many more episodes have we got?
2: Two
1: or, more. Two, two more. Two more.
3: Well, we will get a second series. I'm not sure.
2: Oh, I reckon but, we will.
3: Well, you like it, don't you? You're, you're a fan. I do.
2: I do. I am a fan. I think I think for me, the subject is extremely interesting. And while I don't particularly like some of the ways she the point she makes and in my opinion she tends to bring it back to herself a bit more than I would like because I want to hear from the guests however for me the wider subject is more interesting than it's worth kind of putting up with those bits if that makes sense but Mm. and it's it's good I I really like podcasts anyway and I really like that kind of podcast of different interview ones so I hope there's a second series I think it will be good and I think she's touched on some interesting bits and bobs so yeah two more of those to go um and yeah I think that's kind of I think that's all we've had really from Meghan and Harry this week, isn't it? We've not, you know, not too much from that side of it. But obviously one thing we're not going to see, which was a huge talking point last year, it was obviously Harry used to have a huge role in all the Remembrance Day things. Uh, you know, there's the, always the huge event on Remembrance Sunday. And it was last year, wasn't it, that there was the big row about whether a reef could be laid on his behalf, even though he wasn't there. Um, but it didn't happen in the end, so we're assuming it won't happen again this year. But what have we got... As you've tried to spoil my big remembrance. I'm so sorry. sorry. (laughs) What have we got up for Remembrance Sunday? Because they're really kind of going all out this year, aren't they? We've got four days worth of stuff. And obviously this will be the first that, while Charles has taken the lead in previous years and the Queen couldn't attend last year, this is the first one that he's doing it as monarch rather than just, you know, standing in for the monarch.
3: Yes, yes. I mean, today we've had the Queen Consul sort of marking the start of the Royal Family's remembrance uh, service events over the, the next few days, as you said, paying tribute to the nation's war dead at Westminster Abbey. She, um, which I thought was a lovely touch, she spent a, a, f- a few quiet moments at, um, at a memorial in honour of the late Queen, uh, and which, which raised the profile, I suppose, of of the Queen's steadfast support for the services throughout her whole reign and this was the part of the abbey's field of remembrance and there's seventy thousand crosses um there i think i saw there was over 300 there's over 300 plots according to the regiment if i remember this regiment unit or association by the volunteer organizations and there was over a thousand veterans who were gathered there today for a ceremony. There was a two minute silence on Big Ben chiming at 11 o'clock. And uh, and, and again, this is a very, very solemn um, and important moment for the country of the weekend, because it was it was certainly one of those dates which was ever cemented in the Queen's calendar. Absolutely no way of ever missing it. Um, and yes, you say. I mean, it's again new era, aren't we? Charles will be taking the lead as the monarch, as the king. Um, what does that mean? That we're going to have two brand new wreaths with their two new cyphers on it. We saw Camilla's during the week as well, that she'd chosen from a from a series of um, of designs that have been produced um, as cyphers go. I think it's pretty nice. I mean,
2: I, yeah, like it. Big fan.
3: So, um, and of course, that we were going to see. Uh, William, as the Prince of Wales, laying a wreath that his father has laid before. So that's continuity element as well. So um again, I think we're going to see more um, more of the Royals in this sort of safe space, I suppose, at the moment, because uh, it's it's petering into the Christmas period. That will be an important period for the Royals again we still don't know where they're going to to stay we just know that harry and meghan won't be staying with them but one would imagine they will all be gathering uh, together at sandringham for the first christmas since the queen has uh since the queen has left i'm sorry that's my emails going popping off so sorry dan as ever
2: no, I think it is Remembrance Sunday is always such a huge event, and this is where you obviously you see them all lay the wreaths. The women stand all oh, in the kind of black outfits. They stand on the balconies of the nearby buildings. So it would be interesting to see the layout and where they all stand this year. I'm assuming it will be Camilla in the middle uh, with Kate and Sophie Wessex either side, and um, because last year they redigged it a bit, didn't they? And they didn't have Camilla in the middle. I think there were concerns that it would look like Camilla was kind of stepping in the Queen's place. So they kind of moved and put Kate there. But I think it will be it will be really interesting to see. And it is probably, I would say, the first really big calendar event that King Charles will do. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with it. But as I said, something that he's been stepping up to do for a while. Um, Yeah, so it'll be a really, a really interesting day. And as you said, we'll see all the royals out in their poppies this week. Kate normally wears some sort of sparkly poppy, doesn't she, that's made by a different department or a different area or raising money for us, you know, a special part of the, you know, kind of poppy appeal, which is always nice to do as well. And yeah, I hadn't really thought about Christmas yet, but that is going to be a huge, a huge occasion. It's It's always come round
3: pretty quickly, isn't it?
2: And Christmas is always very strange when you, you know, lose a member of the family, the kind of first one without. So it will be interesting to see how the Royals do. And I wonder, do you think Charles will carry on the same plan of, you know, obviously they went to Sandringham for Christmas, you know, where they, do you think they'll stay in the same place? Or do you think he could say... Actually, I quite liked Christmas at Windsor last year.
3: Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's not it's not set in stone that, uh, but he does like going to Sandringham. And I think it's quite telling that he was there a couple of weekends ago. So the fact that he was probably, the Queen liked to do that, but in, in sort of November, go to the house, make sure everything was being prepared for Christmas. Um, and of course he's uh, he's running the, the, the farms there as well. So that all the land. So I do think we will see um, a Sandringham Christmas, yes.
2: And do we have anything else to look forward to next week that you can tell us about, or is it all top secret?
3: Top secret, I'm afraid. I can't tell Uh, tell you anything at the moment.
2: Fantastic. Well, I can't wait. Lovely. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me, Russell, this week. And thank you to everyone for listening in. As always, we're on social and Instagram, at Podsafe. And until next time.